politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, liberty, property, and all that is moral and just here at CR Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here today for a brand new week of broadcast. It is Monday. It is October 23rd, and it is time to rock and roll. Folks, I'm a little bit out of it. I'm telling you, I... I drove a, probably about eight and a half hours within less than a 24-hour period, had a family uh, funeral to go to, unfortunately. And when you think about human mortality, think about death, you know, I it was an aunt I was close with. She died at 68, which should be young, but unfortunately now everyone's dying young. And you start to realize that we are on this earth for a mission, We are here for a purpose, and this world is temporary, and no amount of grifting fame or money is worth not doing the right thing. And and that's the problem with so many other people on the right. It's why we don't have a strong opposition. We don't really have any opposition because people are too busy making money, but here we're always going to speak the truth. And the truth is there is one two-state solution that matters, and that is heaven and hell. Everyone is going to give an account for their deeds, and you're going to go to one of those two places. When you look at what's going on in the news, so often you'll have a story that comes comes by that you aren't expecting, it blows up the world, and you're thinking, man, that's a distraction to what we wanted to focus on. And often it is a distraction, but often it actually is revealing. It's the Rosetta Stone to why we are failing on everything else. So obviously Israel is on fire. You have the entire world protesting against the one Jewish state, calling for genocide against Jews after they had a genocide committed against them, supporting those that committed the genocide. And you realize that that is the Rosetta Stone to every other thing that ails the West. Why is it that the West is full of crime, open borders, perverse morality, the homosexual agenda, green energy and poverty, our economy is upside down, our social values are upside down, everything is destroyed. Why? Why is that? It's because the West suffers from a crisis of morality. We don't know what is moral and what is not. This is the problem. This is how you have every city is on fire. And yes, it's from the Muslims that we stupidly let in. But it's also the younger generation that is the future of the West. Now, a lot of that younger generation is permeated by these elements, whether it's Islamic or other third world people who bring in third world mentalities, such as anti-Semitism. But, you know, a good number of the natives are like that as well. There's this signal poll out there that shows 57% of U.S. Muslims believe the atrocities committed by Hamas were justified. Not just a matter of, oh, I believe they own the land or whatever, some stupid, uh, you know, historical fact that they don't know their history correct. No, no, no. They believe that, that, and this is a majority of them believe, that Hamas was justified in what they did. I want you to think about that. And a significant amount of the younger generation did as well. So I want to delve into that and how the Palestinians is the ultimate global geopolitical George Floyd cause It is the new George Floyd, but times a a thousand. It reflects the collapse of the West and how the Biden administration actually, they they have blood on their hands, in my view. They're responsible for the death of 1,400 Jews, and they're responsible for Israel now just being totally, I mean, I don't even know what they're doing. They're just totally stalled out. It's truly bizarre, but... um. We'll see what happens with that. First off, I just want to say, 
I can't say what's going to happen, but hopefully tomorrow we'll have a big announcement at the Blaze, so stay tuned. Uh, how to deal with really a crisis of morality. Uh, many of you know that a lot of my articles that were on COVID and the vaccines, we had to put at the Conservative Review website. We couldn't even put up on the Blaze. It would get censored and we'd get docked. We'd lose so much money here at the Blaze because of that. Anytime Glenn Beck tried to do a special about the Great Reset, it would get fact-checked um, and have all these labels on it that it have nothing to do with the content of what he said. Uh, whether it's uh, our our very own Sarah Gonzalez, anything she does on the tranny stuff, it all gets censored. So we're gonna have a announcement on how to how to deal with that. So stay tuned at the Blaze. Hopefully tomorrow we'll be launching that. Um, but uh, again, it's it's something that I am very proud of to work at a place where you know we do have that sense of morality and we're willing to make the sacrifice to do the right thing, to speak the truth. So anyway, over the weekend, obviously you're seeing every city is on fire. It's growing and growing. These are not rallies with hundreds of people, but thousands. They're not even shouting just free Palestine, but straight up genocide to the to to Jewish people, mainly Muslim immigrants, but you know certainly a lot of uh, so-called Americans thrown in there. Europe, it's obviously even worse. Arabs torched an ancient Tunisian synagogue. Um. You had this Jewish woman stabbed to death in Michigan, actually in Taleb's district around Detroit, and looks awfully suspicious. So, in other words, we'll probably never get to the bottom of it. But you look at the fact that we went through COVID, 17 million likely dead from the vaccine, millions more dead from the uh, gain-of-function virus that was created as a bioweapon, and it didn't change a darn thing. It didn't change a darn thing. So then we thought, maybe it's because as much as you and I know what happened, it's too subtle. The public just doesn't know what happened. They don't realize it. But then you had the slaughter of 1,400 Jews, which you couldn't miss. It wasn't subtle. It was all in one shot. It was gruesome as anything. And now not only has the sympathy worn off after a few days— but the entirety of our government is focused on the enemy. The enemy that supported, helped Hamas, elected Hamas, backs them to this day. 100% of our foreign policy capital is being spent on them. Our government is working with the Qataris to pressure Israel to basically accept this as a death. I remember when, uh, this was maybe 20 years ago, when it was over Passover, there was a bombing, a suicide bombing. That's that's pretty much the one thing that uh, uh, the so-called Palestinians are distinct as a people that they've exported to the world. Their one contribution to the to civilization, suicide bombing, and it killed something like thirty-five people, and it shocked the consciousness. It was on Passover. You know, it's always on a Jewish holiday. That's what they make sure to do. You're never allowed to t- attack them on Ramadan. But uh, they could do whatever they want. And now it's 1,400 killed in the worst way. And it's like, yeah, Israel, you, you have to eat it. You need to eat it. You know what that does to the Overton window? That, that demonstrates that there's no amount of murder and mayhem that will actually bring that cathartic moment. We've been saying this throughout COVID. What is going to bring the cathartic moment? What is going to be the turning point? where the West wakes up. And naively, a week and a half ago, I did a show thinking maybe that would occur with this. No. It not only hasn't changed the mindset, the morality of the West, it's done the opposite. They're like, kill the Jews more. I mean, all these people that said never again, all these left-wing NGOs that built a, a grift for 70 years off of never again, It was a joke. It was hollow. It did happen again. And it's going to continue happening again. Because the West has bastardized values of enlightenment, of caring about human life and liberty and tolerance. And they use it to tolerate the intolerant. This is the crisis of morality. Like, 
Well, what about the Palestinians? What about the babies at the border? We need to have the dreamers. What about the prisoners, the families, all oh, the, the, the inner city communities? We put too many people in jail. It's that same immorality. The 90-10 we talk about, where it's 90% you got to do this, but there, there's a 10% ancillary detriment. But, you know, we always understood when we were a just civilization that only God could do 100% good. We have to do what is just, okay? In any other generation, people, you know, who would have run Israel or any Western country in response to this would have flattened Gaza. And now they're not even doing anything. They can't even get rid of the tunnels or anything. And they're still firing rockets, still trying to infiltrate, still hold to over 200 uh, captives. By the way, Hamas was smart. They released two Americans that happened to be related to an NBC reporter. <laughs> they know what their constituency is because they know the, they play the media like a fiddle and they're happy to be played. It's all a PR war of human shields and our government and our media falls for it hook, line, and sinker. But but my my point for you is some of you might think this is old-fashioned Jew hatred and it, and it probably is for a lot of people. But what I'm scared about is let's say Israel calls it quits tomorrow and just folds as a nation. This decrepit, immoral mentality is not just about Israel. Western countries, believe it or not, would commit suicide. You know, some of the Israeli kind of right-leaning leaders throughout the years would say, you know, whether it's Europe or America, you know, look, if this happened to you guys, you guys wouldn't tolerate a fraction of it. But I would actually say at this point, if you had the cartels come in and butcher, uh, you know, the equivalent of, 35, 40,000 Americans, if you uh, apply it, if you scale it to the U.S. population, I think we'd have the same problem. Oh, well, the hideout in civilian areas in Mexico, we wouldn't do anything. What do you think? Email me, danielhorowitz at startmail.com. I'm a little bit behind on my email. I've just been, again, I've been out all weekend uh, dealing, obviously, with this this death in the family. Um, our sponsor today is our friends at Patriot Mobile. Speaking of morality, it is the only moral American and Christian conservative wireless provider of all the three networks. Uh, They're the only ones that really stand for life, liberty, religious freedom, Second Amendment, appreciate our military or what's left of it, and they actually donate to those causes. Well, you, you might think, I got to sacrifice service, right? No, not really. Not at all, actually. Because, in fact, you could keep your number, keep your same phone. You get the same nationwide coverage. They use the same t- cell towers. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash CR or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation when you use offer code CR. Make sure to put in that offer code CR. Uh, or, or, again, if you do it over the phone, just tell them you heard about it at CR podcast. Uh, 972-PATRIOT, patriotmobile.com slash CR. Make the switch today. Stop supporting those who support Hamas. And um, that's what it is. Make no mistake, I, I want you to remember for the rest of history, for the rest of history, they were protesting or celebrating before Israel even did anything. It was like they killed the Jews and then they complained about it, that I guess not enough were killed. This is from the UK Daily Mail, just to get a sense of, of, of where this is. They talked about the... Brutality. So there's this woman, an American from New Jersey, who moved there a number of years ago, and she works for the forensic um, company there. It's called Zaka that gathers the body parts. Um, j- j- just as a preface to, to this, some of you might not know this, but I, I mean, right now it might have government funding, but it was a private NGO um, started by religious Jews, basically um, – Beginning in, what, 2001, the Intifada, so they started with all these suicide bombings on buses or pizza shops, and they would put, you know, ball bearings and nails in the in the bombs, so when the suicide bomber would explode it, it would really screw people up. And burial, you know, I just dealt with this with a family member, burial is a very uh, sacred part of Jewish law, Jewish tradition, uh, to go to heaven, uh, that's why we don't believe in cremation or anything like that. It's 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 you know you got to get the body. So 
they would go and do everything they can to just identify the DNA of different body parts and and have something for a family to do a funeral with when when you had all these suicide bombing. Uh, imagine such a service has to pop up in Israel to deal with this. Okay, that that that's what they had to adapt to. So anyway, now you had this butchery, which is a whole new level because that was done at a very personal, individual level. Um, Jerusalem Post reported that Hamas got doped up on some sort of derivative of cocaine to just commit as much violence as they possibly could. So this woman said, I, I grew up hearing stories about Auschwitz as a child, but what I have seen here with my own eyes is worse than the Holocaust. Her name is Sherry. Um, she doesn't give her a surname. And she works on dealing with this, still wearing the scrubs from another long and grueling shift, preparing the dead for funerals. She told the Mail Online, we wash the bodies and prepare them for burial. We try to bring them to dignity to death. And where is this? But what these barbarians did to these people is still beyond words. There is evidence of mass rape of that is so brutal that they broke their victims' pelvis, women, grandmothers, children. I volunteered to prepare the bodies of murdered women to give them the respect they deserve. I'm a, I'm a mother from New Jersey. I moved to Israel 20 years ago. I'm a normal person. I never expected to be confronted by what I've seen. People whose heads have been cut off, women standing in their nightdresses, woken up and shot, faces blasted off, heads smashed, and their brains spilling out. A baby was cut uh, out of a pregnant woman and beheaded, and then the mother was beheaded. And that's what just occurred. And yet now, again, not only... Is there no focus on this, what happened? But the focus is a hundred percent on the Palestinian civilians. The civilians, which, as we well know, forget about the guys in Gaza, the majority of the Americans here, we now know, believe in that it was justified at a minimum, if not celebrated. Okay, so in Gaza, you could imagine it's probably at 95%. And this is what we just gave money, truckloads worth of aid to. And again, it won't even go to those decrepit so-called civilians anyway. It goes straight to Hamas's operation. And that's where we are. This is the ultimate global George Floyd. By the way, I don't know if you saw, um, this was all over the internet. It was an, it was an old interview from maybe two years ago with, uh, what's that dude's name, Yabba-dabba-doo, I can't even pronounce that jerk's name, uh, I had it playing here, it's just started playing, but uh, whatever, I lost the clip, um, it's it, it subtitles anyway, because it's in Arabic, but the leader of Hamas in Gaza, meaning not the guy in Qatar, <clears throat> said, I want to take this opportunity to remember the racist murder of George Floyd, the same type of racism that killed George Floyd is being used by Israel against the Palestinians. That is... That is, as you can well see, this is the global George Floyd. Except it's the opposite. They did George Floyd for real. That was a lie. He died of fentanyl poisoning. So this is a blood lie. They, they choked out 1,400 Jews, suffocated them, burned them, chopped their heads off. And then rather than Jews getting to rampage, they get to rampage about it. So they are the global George Floyd. Make no mistake about it. Those schmucks on the right who bought into the fact that, Daniel, this is a lie. This is the next new current thing. You're falling for it. There's a trap here. Like, no, the entire world, the entire world is on the side of Hamas. The entire world. Aside from American Christian conservatives, the entire world sides with Hamas. Every NGO, every corporation, every media outlet, every government, everything. Everything. And you better believe our government is at the forefront of this. Our government is at the forefront of this. So I wanted to get into how our government is funding Hezbollah. So a big part of the problem why Israel is you know, having trouble, some of it's pressure. Also, a lot of it is they know the minute that they do a ground invasion of Gaza, they're going to have an, an attack from the north. And Hezbollah, I mean, they have an endless number of fighters, an endless number of weapons. Why do they have an endless number of fighters and weapons? They have that because of your taxpayer money. Yes. 
your taxpayer money for years has funded Hezbollah weapons, operations, and counterintelligence. It is that bad. It is that bad, believe it or not. Our government to this day is funding Hezbollah. So it's not just PLO. We fund the Lebanese armed forces. And then we also fund, so that's their their military. And then we fund this uh, defense apparatus, which is, I'm, I'm forgetting the name now. It's called the ISF. That's like the Lebanese intelligence. As part of Obama's realignment with Iran, he funded Hezbollah. I'm not kidding you. We gave them real weapons. So, you know, Hamas, it's like, it's the brutality, it's the junky rockets, the infiltrations. They don't have military-grade stuff, at least not for, for most things that you would need. Hezbollah has it. So it's either directly we gave it to them, or indirectly because we gave Iran billions of dollars. Trump obviously stopped the Iran deal, but then Biden rejuvenated it times 10, and they have it. So you're going to hear a lot of this thing about, oh, we need to give money, oh, Israel needs money, but mainly most of it we give to Ukraine. Israel only needs money because we gave money to Israel's enemies. Our foreign policy is no different from our domestic policy. What's our domestic policy? We intervene, distort the market, create overtaxation, overregulation, subsidization, market distortions. Oh, now people can't afford healthcare anymore, right? Healthcare is a perfect example. Oh, so we need welfare. We need to throw money at. at so you, it's the vicious cycle of government. Our foreign policy has been the same thing. We throw money and weapons at stupid things and often evil things, and then. It goes on in a, in a circle. The weapons fall in the hands of even more bad guys, creates problems. Then we got to come in and, and fund other people to fight them. And then their weapons go into bad guys or they themselves are bad guys. On and on and on and on. You know, kind of dating back to when we funded the Taliban in the 1980s. Never ending. So one of the things we've been funding is Hezbollah. Now, as you well know, Hezbollah really is what trained up Hamas to do this attack. Okay, when you have several thousand operatives, paragliders coming in, the, uh, the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal reported uh, shortly afterwards that you had paragliding training in Lebanon. Uh, they worked together. Uh, Iran opened up a joint office with Hamas and Hezbollah. And the big question is, how did Israel not see this coming? How was Israel blinded? And look, there's a lot of different facets. This They have their own deep state problem. They have their own problem with their intel agencies, um, no matter how you slice it. So that's definitely, you know, always going to be a factor, even without the U.S. But the reason is because Uncle Sam... Our taxpayer f dollars funded a counterintelligence, counterintelligence operation that allowed, allowed Hezbollah to train Hamas and Israel to be blind. They had no eyes or ears on the ground in Lebanon. And worse, it ruined their operation in Gaza as well. In other words... Biden is responsible for the death of those Jews. Biden is responsible for that, the Biden administration. Now, look, to a certain extent, it started obviously even earlier, even under uh, uh, Obama. Unfortunately, this is one of the areas where um, the Trump administration did not perfectly erase those policies. But let's start before the counterintelligence stuff. For years, our government has been funding the Lebanese armed forces. Now, as you well know, Lebanon is not a distinct entity independent from Iran. It is controlled by Syria and Iran. In fact, this was former Prime Minister Saeed Hariri. 
He said in 2017, when he was prime minister, Hezbollah has come to control the seams of the state and has the final and decisive say in the affairs of Lebanon and the Lebanese. So, and I've been writing about this for about 10 years. I say, why are we funding? It's just unreal. We are funding them, giving weapons, everything. It is out of control. So over the years, the Obama administration and the Trump administration gave them everything from howitzers to grenade launchers, machine guns, mortars, hellfire missiles, night vision devices, thermal sight technology, and gave them the training on how to do it. We have special ops on the ground. We had, uh, during, during the Trump administration, fighting alongside them. They gave them uh, light attack helicopters, six new Scan Eagle unarmed aerial, aerial vehicles, leading-edge communication, night vision devices, hundreds of millions of dollars to conduct border security and counterterrorism operations. By the way, this was in December 2017 under Trump. This was a legacy of Mattis, Dina Powell, H.R. McMaster, Rex Tillerson, all those, I mean, terrible, terrible personnel of Trump, by the way. See, Trump generally was good on Iran, but his one blind spot was ISIS. We're going to defeat ISIS. And if you remember the shows I did back then, I said, look, ISIS is gruesome and they're terrible, but ISIS largely is the Shiite problem. ISIS was the Sunni insurgency to the Shiite hegemony in Iraq and Syria. We, that was their problem. We bailed them out. And to this day, we have 2,500 troops in Iraq, 1,000 in Syria, and they were attacked in seven places by the very Shiite militias that we're protecting from the Sunni insurgency. And then they attack us. We still have soldiers there. Our government fought for them. Now you understand how neoconism and Lindsey Graham foreign policy, and unfortunately Trump continued some of it, is not just bad for America, but it harms Israel. Because it created an unrivaled Iranian hegemony without any Sunni counterbalance like Saddam Hussein was. And then when Saddam fell, the Sunni insurgency. So we had special ops fighting alongside training Hezbollah. No, Daniel, this the Lebanese armed forces. Okay, it's Hezbollah. That's, that's the reality. In August 2017, Al Monitor in Lebanon reported that U.S. Central Command called the Lebanese army chief and asked him to deny any operation with Hezbollah, telling him that while they are aware of cooperation, it has to be denied publicly. <laughs> so that, that's, that's what it was. We made Hezbollah strong as any. People don't realize it's not so simple that Israel would win a war with Hezbollah. That's... That, that's I mean, they have, they have big capabilities. So this was the legacy of not just Obama, but that terrible, terrible cadre of Trump foreign policy leaders, especially the first, you know, first year and a half of his admin. Tony Badarin has a great piece over at Tablet, very long piece, on how we, how, how we blinded Israel through funding the Lebanese Armed Forces and then the ISF, the Internal Security Forces of Lebanon. So basically last year, the ISF helped Hezbollah uncover a network of Israel's informants who were helping Israel track both Hezbollah and Hamas's movements. It was at a time that numerous assets of um, Gaza's Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad moved to Lebanon. So... What happened was, it seems like around last year, there was this big shift. So, Iran funds Hamas, and they fund Hezbollah. But Hamas was always the junior partner. Because Hamas, at the end of the day, is Sunni. Hezbollah is Shia. Hezbollah is Iran. Hamas was just, you know, they would have nothing to do with them other than it's a proxy for them to screw with Israel. But, you know, so they just kind of send them weapons. Turkey would send them weapons. But last year, they set up shop in Lebanon itself. 
under the auspices of the IRGC. It used to be uh, run by Qasem Soleimani. Trump had him killed. Now it's Esmail Khani. And it was at that time, at that critical time, that Hamas started operating out of the Lebanese offices and doing the training there that Israel's intelligence capabilities were blinded courtesy of our taxpayers. Badrin points out that with this process underway, it was necessary to blind the Israelis, meaning this process of shifting Hamas to Lebanon, using U.S.-trained and equipped Lebanese counterintelligence forces who enjoyed the additional advantage of being immune to Israeli retaliation as U.S.-trained and protected state actors. Israel couldn't retaliate because it was freaking America doing it! He points out a slew of operations by the ISF uncovered more Israeli informants who were then able to unravel Israel's intelligence network in Gaza as well as Lebanon. They were able to unravel that. All their informants, because they caught the guy in Lebanon, got his computer, and then they found all the you know Arab uh, informants for Israel in Gaza and obviously bumped them off. The ISF's bust led to their greater cooperation with Hamas to obtain further info in turn, Al-Akbar claimed that's a Lebanese newspaper. Hamas began its own investigation in Gaza to track everyone the operative had worked with or remained in contact with since coming to Lebanon from Turkey. That is, the ISF once again contributed to blinding Israel on behalf of Iranian assets. In doing so, it may have well directly aided and reinformed Hamas operational security in Gaza on the eve of the October 7th attack. So now Hezbollah is stronger than ever. They're firing more rockets on Israel's northern border as Israel has to deal with the south. The situation in Lebanon after years of U.S. funding is so bad that our embassy in Beirut was attacked and the State Department is now telling everyone to leave. So it's like, oh, we need to fund uh, all this stuff to create stability. Well, it's so un- unstable after all of what we did. We have a billion-dollar embassy we just built there. A billion dollars. We shouldn't have an embassy at all there. We shouldn't have an embassy in Iraq. In other words, we don't have diplomatic relations with Iran and Syria. But Iraq and Lebanon are the same thing. But the problem is, if we went to war with them, I don't mean go to war like boots on the ground, but I'm just saying diplomatically, that would expose the lie that all of the funding and sacrifice and our troops dying on their behalf, I mean, that is in, uh, um, you know, Iraq, was, uh, was all a lie. We were dying for them, for an enemy country. Rather than our engagement of Lebanon over the years resulting in thwarting Hezbollah, we've enabled and empowered them up to the point of imperiling Israel and possibly causing this attack. I mean, never forget the worst attack we've ever had on our military, really, outside of a you know full-scale war was several hundred killed in um, uh, several hundred marines killed in Lebanon by Hezbollah and make no mistake about it you know why our marines were there it wasn't to, they weren't there to protect Israel they were there to protect the PLO in Lebanon PLO was operating back then in Lebanon they were there to protect the PLO from Israel so when they're sending all these assets there It's there to impose a ceasefire. It's a symptom of a broader disease inherent in our Middle East policy over the past several decades. We are multiple sides of Islamic civil wars and often fight ourselves in our own weaponry by proxy. Now Biden is dangling more aid and weapons before the Israeli government in order to protect them against our own bad policies we funded. But that's only designed to further hamstring their ability to even use those weapons or any weapons while continuing to ally with Iran and by extension assist their two proxies who are at war with Israel. So this is the point that Republicans in Congress need to bring out. It's not about Israel needing more funding or support. It's the opposite. We need to get our funding and our troops out of the Middle East, stop hamstringing them, and then focus on our own insane country we now have with Muslims rampaging everywhere and and the border is out of control. I want to get to that if you haven't seen this new bombshell report. It's not so bombshell because we know it's obvious. Qasem Soleimani warned that Hezbollah would attack America through its border. 
So now uh, Border Patrol Intel is talking about that. But first, the final segment on, on our show today is sponsored by our friends at Birch Gold. Um, look, the Treasury yields are setting record highs every day. The two-year note, the six-month, the 10-year, even longer term than that. The debt is out of control. That's another morality issue, by the way. It's like, you know, we're talking about morality today. Oh, we can't go and and uh, cut our deficit because, oh, we might cut some welfare. The poor. Always looking at that ancillary thing. Well, now we're all poor. And if you don't want to be poor, you need a physical asset. I recommend Birch Gold. By texting Daniel to 989898 today, they'll send you a free info kit on gold. It's the easiest way to become a customer. Um, if you have an IRA or 401k from a previous employer just gathering dust, you know you don't know where to put it. The market's pretty high, and it's you don't want to put your money into Vanguard. Put it into something of value. Text Daniel to 989898 today to claim your free info kit on gold, and then call them because if digital currency becomes a reality, boy, it would be nice to actually have something of value. Uh, this is kind of, Birch is kind of the antithesis of you'll own nothing and be happy. But anyway, again, this is an important point. We don't do the right thing. It's like, oh, we're worried about the environment, so we're going to make everyone poor. We're worried about, oh, there's some poor people, so we're going to go into debt and make everyone poor. Oh, there's some civilians here, so Israel has to allow Hamas to kill them from civilian areas. It's the same lack of morality. But anyway, the Daily Caller is reporting federal officials are warning that members of Hamas, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, and Hezbollah could be crossing through the southern border, according to internal October 20th memo. Uh, It's from the San Diego field office. Intel division of CBP sent the memo warning that due to the war between Israel and Hamas, there could be encounters of terrified individuals who are seeking to travel through our border. And remember, we're catching more people from Syria, Iran than we've ever caught. Um, and, uh, yeah, good times, good times. Again, this is not about Israel. There is not a single thing that has been done to Israel that didn't eventually go to the West. You know, the vehicular jihad running people over, the suicide bombing. So the Hamas October 7th attack, make no mistake about it, they will export it. They will export it. Border Patrol encountered... Um, 120, 72 people on a list. These are known people on a terror watch list. Remember, the cartels charge them a lot more, so most of them are not caught. Good times, good times, folks. Real nice. Real nice. But just how immoral is the left? Just how immoral are they? Believe it or not, they think the Biden administration is not is doing too much to help Israel. You know, because I, I think they're just being caught up with the rhetoric where Biden is just hugging Israel to death. But the reality is, this is from the Huffington Post, mutiny brewing inside State Department over Israel-Palestine policy. President Joe Biden's approach to ongoing violence in Israel is fueling mountain, mounting tensions at the U.S. government agency most involved in foreign policy. Officials told the Huffington and Puffington Post that Secretary of State Antony Blinken and his most senior advisors are overlooking widespread internal frustration. Some department staff said they feel as if Blinken and his team are uninterested in their own expert advice as they focus uh, supporting Israel's operation in Gaza. In other words, basically, they believe that, um, that it's not enough that the Biden administration is quietly getting Israel to commit suicide. They need to publicly side with Hamas. And again, you might think this is funny, but you look at the polling data and the majority of people under 30 side with Hamas. Israel didn't even do anything yet. This is the lie. These airstrikes, that is the George Floyd. By the way, how appropriate that as we see that the Palestinians is the ultimate George Floyd on on steroids. Um, News came out I mean, we knew this already. The whole Floyd thing was a lie. Um, a lawyer for uh, Officer Tao, one of the Minneapolis officers that was thrown in jail, he, was, he didn't even do anything, thrown in jail for five years. He filed a motion based on the testimony of Hennepin County, Hennepin County Medical Examiner Andrew Baker 
was directly and indirectly coerced by the state and its agents to basically lie about what you know about the thing. On May 26, 2020, Dr. Baker, the Henneman County Medical Examiner, conducted an autopsy of Mr. Floyd on the same date. Dr. Baker advised prosecuting attorneys that the autopsy revealed no physical evidence suggesting that Mr. Floyd died of asphyxiation. Floyd did not exhibit signs of that at all, nor damaged his airways or thyroid, brain bleeding, bone injuries, or internal bruising. It was all a lie. On May 29th, the criminal complaint against Derek Chauvin stated that the full report of the medical examiner was pending, but that the preliminary findings revealed no physical findings that supported diagnosis of traumatic asphyxia or strangulation. Prior to June 1st, Dr. Roger Mitchell, former medical examiner for Washington, D.C., called Dr. Baker to discuss these preliminary findings. And... He called up Baker and he's basically like, you know, basically threatens him. Basically says in, in, in this conversation, Mitchell said, you don't want to be the medical examiner who tells everyone they didn't see what they saw. Think about that. See, everything works on imagery, imagery of the Gaza civilians. There's always, by the way, there's always like a blanket with a baby, a dead baby. Sometimes a couple times there are even dolls under it. Always, always ready there. So it's always the imagery. You don't need to tell everyone that what they see, they didn't see. You don't want to be the smartest person in the room and be wrong. Said there was a way to articulate the cause and manner of death that ensures you are telling the truth about what you are observing and via all of the investigation. Mitchell said neck compression has to be in the diagnosis. That entire thing was a lie. Chauvin was railroaded. It was an, It's not just... The blood libel that, you know, because of one bad incident, all cops are bad, and that gave rise to ubiquitous violence. Thousands of people, by the way, including thousands of excess black homicide victims, all for a lie. But it turns out, I mean, again, we reported it, we've done shows on this, it was, he, didn't, he did nothing wrong, he followed their training manual, it was an optical illusion, he, th- that is what they're trained in doing, he was not putting enough pressure on to be lethal, he died of, an, of fentanyl overdose, that is the reality, and here you go. By the way, the irony is he had COVID. That was the one one thing that wasn't diagnosed as a COVID death, even though everything else they did. By the way, there's someone was showing there's murals on the streets of Gaza praising George Floyd. There's murals of George Floyd all over Gaza. The PLO is the global... Make no mistake about it, it is the global George Floyd. It is designed to promote the Muslim Brotherhood agenda. It's designed to hamstring Israel from doing what they need to do. I mean, could you imagine that? In front of our eyes, we're always like, if we would have been around in the 1940s, but let me tell you, you just had it. Okay? Jews have been butchered for 2,000 years. But on that day, that 24-hour period of October 7th was as gruesome as any day of the Holocaust. Obviously, that went on for six years, but you know, you take that as a 24-hour period, it was as bad as it gets. And not only is there no sympathy for them, but they can't even destroy the assets that led to that. The weaponry, the tunnels. That is the, 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 the decrepit, disgusting morality. And it's, it's not just in the governments. Again, we've, we've imbued that in a generation of people. That's what's so scary about it. Again, this, this national poll from Signal that just came out, it's really, really scary. It's unbelievable. Look, a majority of people in America still support Israel, but America is pretty much the only country that's like that. And even in America, it's really, it's unfortunately a dying generation. It's a dying generation. That's what's so scary. You look at the younger generation, forget it. They, they believe in Hamas. They downright support it. It's not just, oh, you know, Israel should have a proportion, more proportionate response. They shouldn't have any response. It's that Hamas is justified 
in doing what they did. That's what's so scary. I mean, it's 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 bad, folks. This is as bad as it gets. So that's what we're suffering with. See, you're never going to have a crystal clear picture. You're always going to have some imagery. Well, but if you do this, this happens. If you cut spending, there's programs people are on. It's it's fiscal policy too. Oh, there's children at the border. There's people that will, families will be deported. And again, the right has bought into this. This is why we have all these problems because we don't understand morality. That from a public policy standpoint, there is the right thing to do and there's the wrong thing to do. But what, what, what the left does is they take things that are rooted in some level in post-enlightenment values and they misapply it because they'll always show some sort of imagery. Oh, the children, oh, this, that. Whether it's a border issue, whether it's criminal justice. By the way, all my colleagues on the right under Trump bought into criminal justice deform. Everyone bought into it except for me. I was the last man with a byline that held Reagan's view on crime. Well, you lock people up too long. It's like, no, you have to do justice. This is all you can do. Prisons ain't pretty. Deportations are not pretty. Wars are not pretty. But you got to do what you got to do. Again, I, I would take more solace if I just believe this is a Jewish exception. The world hates Jews. And it's like, let's slaughter Jews. But the reality is they're going to do that elsewhere, too. Because we already do. What do you think our border policy is? It's all, I mean, think about it. Similar to Gaza, what's the catchphrase? Humanitarian, right? Humanitarian. Even most Republicans, when they talk about the border, it's like you're only allowed to advocate securing the border because, well, you know, they traffic women and they rape women. It's humanitarian. You know, it's bad for the illegals, too. I mean, that's all true and it's valid. But... It's, it's the right thing to do without that, even, even if you didn't have the cartels. Even if you didn't have the perilous journey that you know involved human trafficking and rape and things like that. Shouldn't be done. We don't believe in ourselves. That's what secularism has done to a generation of people. Again, we would have never won World War II. World War II, we specifically targeted civilians, and that was the only way to win it. Israel's not even trying to do that. This is like, Israel can't even target the very tunnels, weaponry, and rocket launchers that are killing them because they put them in certain areas. So they're going to be for assuming they even do this, Israel's going to be forced to go on the ground, take so many more casualties, just to assuage the disgusting, decrepit minds of the West. We don't deserve to live anymore. Utterly disgusting. Anyway, just wanted to end off a little bit with the speaker's fight. You're probably all wondering. There's nine candidates. It's a dumpster fire. I've almost given up on it. Um, look, on paper, the the most conservative is Byron Donalds, and I'm fine supporting him. I, I, I just, you know, again, I, I just don't see the, you know, the, the, the left flank of the Republican Party is supporting him. I see us having the same problem, but I mean, you want to you want to support him fine. Um, but I just will say, as I've said before, the worst thing you can get is a quasi conservative, someone who's regarded as somewhat friendly to the Freedom Caucus, but he's really a snake. And then not only that, then because he's re- we get the worst of both worlds. Worlds. He's not really us, but because he's regarded as one of us, the. Main Street Partnership, that's kind of the Rhino Caucus, they're going to take a hostage and say, well, you got to give us all this stuff for us to support you, and we get the worst of all. I would rather have the other way around. So I'm not endorsing a guy like Tom Emmer, but I'm saying I'd rather a guy like Tom Emmer than Gary Palmer, who is a snake. I don't think he's going to go anywhere, because he's just an example of that. So we'll, we'll see as that goes on, but we have no leadership. We have no leadership on this or any issue. But make no mistake, the, the Gaza issue is not a distraction. It's not incidental. It is that that has been the cause celebre of the entire evil, decrepit West for years. Those of you who never understood, you know, 
there's the old joke of uh, um, this was before China was a big player. When I was growing up as a kid, you know, 80s, 90s, they'd say, where's America on a map? So they'd find America. Where's Russia on a map or Soviet Union? They'd find that, you know, the big, large countries. And where's Israel on a map? And people would point to China because it's the next largest country, right? You know, some sort of big country. And it's really it's a tiny thing because it was obsessed about. Why? Why? And the answer is the majority of the world wants to see Jews dead. But also the majority of the world doesn't believe in their own country. They don't believe in their own values. They don't believe in their own survival. Make no mistake, you will not run from God's punishment on the day of God's wrath. Believe me, that's going to be coming down. You watch these thousands of people chanting, wipe Israel off the map, gas the Jews, chanting around. You tell me the morality in that. You tell me the morality in every Jewish institution has to spend a fortune in the land of the free and the home of the brave, spend a fortune on security. Why? Why? Because we let this garbage in. Because we do not have morality in the West, and frankly, I don't know how we could even have a 1776 moment until we do. But never forget... Our, go- our government is so immoral, it funded the very elements that led to the massacre there. So it's not just that we subvert our borders, we have to subvert Israel's borders as well. Welcome to the U.S. of freaking A. I don't know where we go from here, folks, but it's dark, real dark. So tomorrow, maybe we'll focus a little bit more on the speaker's fight, some domestic issues. Let me know what you want me to cover. I am a little bit behind, so just catching up on the news. Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com. I will be checking more emails today. Just still a little bit slow. I'll be back regular tomorrow. Till then, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.